o'clock hour. It's Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Nick Schwert, Dusty Likens in for Cody today. I know Dusty likes this song. What uh, you, a jam. You, 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 that was just a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. You went to see Bruce? That's right. I saw you took your dad and stuff. I know you. I, oh, yeah. I was happy for you because I know you had been talking for months and months and months how excited you were. Did it live up to the hype? Big time. Yeah. He started at uh, 745 and he went to 1045. Oh, so he put on a hell of a does show. Does he ha- still have it? That's oh, the question God, people yeah. want to know. No, he does. <laughs> I wish I was one of the kids that like, was in the lower audience because he was throwing out harmonicas and stuff and like picks to the guitar and I would have probably just like smelled it. Does he look better <laughs> in his? Does he look better in, no. in his in his outfit than you do today? I don't know. It depends on what you score me. His outfit was great because he had like a V-neck black shirt, tight black jean. He just rocked it, man. Yeah. Seventy-two years old and had the house standing for. Who has better legs? I take my legs over Bruce, but I take his wow. arms over Bruce. You've seen these legs. You've seen these legs. <laughs> On the course and off the course. Do you actually think that that was truly his, this is his last tour? Because mm. Elton John's been saying it's his last tour for, I feel like, 10 years, and he's still going. Yeah, and Elton John's no Bruce. Um, but, uh, but you know my point. Like, he's yeah. been saying the tours. I could see, like, I could see Bruce going on, like, a stadium tour where, because he's never really, like, been with anybody else. It's like Bruce and the E Street Band, and then that's it. But I could, I mean, I could see him do a stadium tour because that seems to be the trendy thing to do. And, you know, now we have what uh, Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks coming to yeah. Arrowhead. And I, I, yeah. if I got a ticket to that, I would definitely go. Uh, August is a tough time to go to an outdoor concert, though, because you're going warm. early. So you're going to be hot most of the day. But I could, I don't know, man. Like he looked, he looked pretty like into it. Now, Kansas City was still kind of early on the tour. He's still got to go on the, uh, on the international part of the tour. And he's, He's up, I think, in Wisconsin right now, or it was in Wisconsin. But, man, I don't know. I cashed my ticket in right now because I'd never seen him before. He's 72. He hadn't toured in, like, four years or five years or whatever it was. And I I knew my dad would love it. And I got video and pictures, and my number one bucket list was taken off. So I'm having a hard time debating with myself. So what's next, man? Do I add a new bucket list, yeah, Well, number one, or do I just leave it crossed off? Because number two is to go to Wrigley or to Fenway and watch a game. I think on the bucket list, you you just cross things off. So it's just like it's now the third thing on your bucket list is Wrigley or second is Wrigley. And then third would be to go to Augusta, which I applied for and was denied. It's tough to I get think, into that so thing, man. Cody's not going to the – he's going to the – I think Cody has tickets this year. He won the lottery for practice, practice round. round. Yeah, which so is still you're so there. I think, so I think he's there Monday or Tuesday, a couple weeks actually. I'm, I'm going to need Cody to take grass from Augusta and put it into <laughs> cufflinks and let me have those because <laughs> – that I thought was ridiculous. Hey, we take confetti from the Super Bowl, so why wouldn't and you just dirt. take some? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Augusta, they'll kick your ass out in five seconds. But I'll have cufflinks from Augusta <laughs> National, and I'll be like, I'll be going out to golf courses just, hey, <laughs> what's up, daddy? You're just gonna you're just gonna Venmo Cody a lot of money to buy you Masters gear is probably what's gonna have to. Happen. I will be doing that. I'm gonna have him give me a polo. He's gonna for have sure. to. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a no brainer. Did you know that rule that you can only get Masters gear at yes. the Masters? Because I had a buddy of mine. Yeah. Uh, so I have, I have a like a quarter zip that has the Masters logo on it, and it's from when a buddy of mine went down there, and that's why they have they have a FedEx on site at the tournament, so mm-hmm. people could that buy ship you know, thousands of dollars <laughs> yeah. of stuff oh, yeah. and just ship it right back to themselves. So that's I mean they're they're not there's stupid. There's there's a lot of little like nooks and crooks to the Masters about like the amateurs that stay in the crow's nest and all the type of stuff that goes on there. Scotty Schefter's menu is going to be exciting to see what he has and how he put live golfers can meet us on the ninth at nine. I love it, man. We're about to hit to me my favorite part of the year. I always have this debate with people every year. Like, what's better, like early mid spring or early mid fall? And everyone always I mean, says fall. Well, because for me, it's fo- I football. Mean, f- football, right? Now it yeah. trumps everything. Look, Mar- March is great. You we get March Madness, opening day, Masters, yeah. weather changing, 
daylight savings time, which is ridiculous to bring up, but like it gets brighter earlier and stays lighter, oh, darker. Yeah. So it's like fall, you get ragweed. Uh, you, I'm kidding, but no, it's, it's a debate that I've had many times and a lot. It's, it's 90, 10 early mid fall over early mid spring. We'll get into uh, a quick update from uh, Matt Tate, who was just on with us. Actually, he spoke with Lance Leipold, the, the, the head football coach at KU in regards to Bill Self's health. Uh, we'll get to that in, in just a little bit. It was also three years ago. It's one of those things where it feels like it's been 10 years. Three mm-hmm. years ago at this time, you mentioned your favorite time of the year. Three years Wiped ago, out. everything was done. I was getting ready to go. I picked up my Big 12 credential three years ago for the tournament. Mm-hmm. I picked it up. Two hours later, the Big 12 tournament was shut down, and that's because all of sports was shut down. We know three years ago, right in the middle of COVID. It's just remarkable that it's been three years I think years the already, three man. things I remember the most from the shutdown was the Rudy Gobert thing where he touched all the phones, oh. and everyone's like, you <laughs> idiot. That was one. <laughs> Two was in the middle of the NBA game. They just told everybody to leave, and it was like literally in a post-apocalyptic scene. It was scene like the where Space was Jam like, movie where yeah, they told everybody like, to get out, yeah. and everyone's like, I'm out of here, man. And then the third one was – I remember K-State was the first game of the Big 12 tournament, and they were on the court practicing before the game. The game was, like, less than an hour away, and they were like, no, it's banged, man. Like, we're done. Like, everybody get out. Everybody go home. And I remember telling my manager at the restaurant that I worked at, I was like, hey, you know we're going to shut down. And he was like, we're not going to shut down. I was like, dude, countries around us are down. They just call the Big 12 tournament. There's no way it happens. And then I remember the one that – really was like the the polarizing image was the Chicago River wasn't green for St. Patrick's Day yeah, for the yeah, first yeah. time in like over whatever, like 100 plus years. So, um, no, I definitely remember. It, it does seem like it was forever ago. But Way more than three years ago. Almost three years ago to the date. What did you say it was the 11th? Yes, this Saturday will be the actual but, day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, Thank that's, goodness we are long past that. My goodness. Yeah, no doubt. Because, I mean, that was tough, man. That's... You think about it from a from a health standpoint and where everybody was mentally with it, but also like financially where it was for the city of Kansas City. Like you just lost a huge because you look at where you're at now. Speaking of the three years away from it, um, you went from having nothing shut down, no tournament to now you're going to have parade, Big 12, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, NFL draft. Yeah, oh, <laughs> like all massive. of that. And then go a little bit further, World Cup. So it's like. You know, sometimes you got to be broken into a thousand pieces to be built back even stronger. And here's Kansas City right in the middle of it. NFL free agency opens up next week. We know the legal tampering window starts early in the week as well. And I don't know about you guys. When Frank Clark, the news came out that the Chiefs were going to move on from Frank Clark, they weren't going to be able to restructure the deal. I assumed if they were going to replace him, it's probably somebody maybe you draft. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're going to have Carl Loftus. We all assume they're going to get a deal done with Chris Jones after the draft. Mm -hmm. And you're going to lose Dunlap, although maybe he comes back. But a Dunlap type, you can go and find in free agency. Because they've done it a couple years. They've done it with Suggs. They've uh, they've done it with uh, Melvin Ingram. Uh, These are guys you can get in free agency or in-season trades. Mm -hmm. So I figured that that's the route they would go for Dunlap. But I thought if you're going to try to get production to split time at all with Carl Loftus and whose playing time will increase – you would do it in the draft, although CBS Sports put out what they consider to be the best free agent match for every single team. And we can have some fun and look at some of the other teams as well because it mentions a few guys that maybe you would like to have in Kansas City. But for the Chiefs, they list defensive end Brandon Graham from the Philadelphia Eagles, the team the Chiefs just beat in the Super Bowl. Can't that, beat dude him, join had 30, that, that dude had uh, 11 sacks. Now he's 34 years old. Yeah. 11 sacks, obviously intriguing. 34 years old, maybe it keeps the price down. I didn't, I didn't think that he was a legitimate option for them if that's, if that's the thought process of 
replacing Frank Clark with that. Is he, he's going to be cheaper. You're already paying $7 million to Frank Clark, even though he's not here. You're saving $20 million, but you're paying seven. Mm-hmm. So what's the combined total? That would be my question. Brandon Graham, 34 years old, which scares me, but did have 11 sacks. So seven plus what, another seven in incentives? Close like, to 10. If you weren't willing to pay Frank Clark and, and couldn't restructure, whatever that number was that the Chiefs felt like they had to get down to on the restructure, well, you can't go above that for – to, to equal that same amount with Brandon Graham. Otherwise, you would have just kept Frank Clark. Yeah, and who's to say what the interest level is, like on a meter of 1 to 10 with Brandon Graham. The other thing, too, is that, you know, the Chiefs in these types of situations kind of control the narrative because they can say, well, like, we're building a championship team. If you want to be a part of it, you know, you're 34 years old. Yes, you're coming off 11 sacks. But if you want to be a part of this, um, you know, you're going to have to take minimum because we're building everything over here. Um Who's to say Carlos Dunlap's not available? What a surprise he was. I remember going down to training camp and seeing big number eight and being like, this guy's going to be a part of the team. Is he going to make, like, I I did question if he'd, you know, whatever, but a great season he had, but yeah, I mean, I I wonder, no, that's the thing that's kind of puzzled me from the Frank Clark whole thing is like, what was the number? Because you'd have to think that all the stuff that points to Frank Clark wanting to stay friendly discount, love with Andy Reid, like their relationship, more championships, only 29 too. like Frank Clark, still 29 years old. What his agent is thinking he can get in that market. Multi-year deal maybe somewhere. Cause yeah. he wasn't going to get that here. No, it was going to be a one and done type of deal with Frank. And man, I don't, I mean, maybe you can see value in the draft. I don't know. I just don't think you go pay a guy that's 34 years old. That might want the same amount of money that you weren't going to pay a 29 year old. I, I need to know what that dollar amount is for, for Brandon Graham and because of the age, I don't think it would be all that crazy. A guy that had 11 sacks, if that's who you're bringing in and it's an incentive deal, then I'm interested. Honestly, you mentioned Carlos Dunlap. He strikes me as someone that hasn't made up his future, his mind on his future, whether or not he's going to play, period. Because he's a little up there in age. He, he reached the 100-sack milestone in his career. He now has a ring mm. to his name with the Kansas City Chiefs. So Dunlap didn't sign, as you said, till camp. I mean, it, it was pretty late in the offseason. Yeah. I don't think Dunlap is like part of your real plan. It's one of those, much like Melvin Ingram a couple years ago, where yeah. it's June, July, and if he's still out there, you make a phone call. Like, oh, you, you thinking about playing football this right. year? Maybe you want to join us late in the game. That, to um, me, is that, the perfect case for Frank Clark. See, I, Hey, just stay out of football, and then I like week eight, week nine, we'll call you, and then when you well, start getting late yeah. in the season, well, that's, when it's shark season, and then Bink, by the way, Bink's tuned in. He says, Graham loves Reed, redrafted him. There you go. So there's uh, your there connection, you bro. Thanks, Bink. He's always he in, is. Bink's always <laughs> listening, baby. I love it. Bink's yeah. always listening. No, uh, as, as far as Frank, I get what you're saying, obviously, yeah, with yeah. Frank's postseason success. That's just perfect case scenario. Yeah. I think, Frank, because of his age and what the interest, he'll be signed long before that. That's what Dun- it tends Dunlap's to be. Dunlap's a late offseason guy. It sounds like somebody's willing to give, according to his what I would think his agent, allegedly, is that his agent's like, hey, Frank, you could probably get two, and somebody might, you know, put it all at the beginning and, you know, get more money out of that than Kansas city. I know you want to stay with the team. And somebody says, replace Frank Clark with Justin Houston. I don't know how to be more clear about this. When doors shut in Kansas city, they stay shut. They don't get, they don't get opened back up. And, and people disagree with me on that. I'm, I'm aligned with you. I, I don't usually believe in bringing guys back that you were willing to move on from in the past. Now, Justin Houston, to his credit, he's 34 and he's still getting nine and a half, 10 sacks, which is, mm. which is fantastic. But yeah, I'm, I'm not interested. The chiefs also have had three straight off seasons with an opportunity to bring back Justin Houston. And they chose not to, why on earth would yeah. they wait to do it now when he's 34? I mean, I like Justin Houston. I think he's a great dude. They get some good seasons with the chiefs, but oh, Pete Sweeney kind of always told me that because there was a lot of talk that, you remember when Kareem Hunt was trying to get out of Cleveland this year, and Pete—that was yeah, one that quote. That's even more reason why he wouldn't bring him back, right? And Pete, <laughs> Pete 
always he always said that he goes when doors close in Kansas City they don't they don't get open back up and they don't come back. So we're only two years away from people suggesting that the Chiefs should bring Tyron Matthew back on a veteran Ooh. minimum deal. Yeah. That will happen, by the way. I just want to let everybody know. Whenever the Chiefs release him, when it's about two years later, when fans start to wonder, maybe they should bring him back. Yeah, no, you might not be wrong. Now, in the same article where they mentioned Brandon Graham as the best fit, there's two other Chiefs that are mentioned as best fits for other teams. One is Chiefs right tackle, Andrew Wiley mentioned as a best fit for the New York Jets. And this is where now with the Orlando Brown situation and seeing how it goes, if he ends up getting a long-term deal done by Monday or not, but I don't think you can replace your left and your your right tackle in in one offseason. So to me, if you know you cannot keep Orlando Brown Jr., I feel like there's more pressure to keep Andrew Wiley, but my concern is Wiley, who is making essentially no money this year, had a really nice season. I know people were critical at times, but still a really nice season. And a where, great Super Bowl. And a great Super Bowl. I think Andrew Wiley's maybe gets outpriced, but you might have to spend a little bit more money on the right tackle to keep him. I don't want to have to have a brand-new right tackle and a new left tackle on a team that we know it is all about championships. There's no step backs. We thought they were taking a step back last year. What do they do? They won 14 games and just won a Super Bowl. But the Jets are mentioned for Wiley, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers are mentioned as a best fit free agent for Orlando Brown Jr., assuming they don't get the deal done. Hmm. So Kenny Pickett would have Orlando Brown Jr. protected. I think his he's going to side. Chicago. Because they have the money. They have the money and they have the position at quarterback that they need to protect. Which is kind of the, the Orlando let's kind of take a back seat to this Orlando Brown. Or let's take a front seat to it. Orlando Brown Jr. has now blocked for two MVP quarterbacks. Right? We agree. It's facts. Both of those teams have not been willing to give him the contract that he seeks to block for a quarterback who's an MVP quarterback. There's something that everyone sees in Orlando Brown, including you, including Nick, me, the average guy in the NFL. And there's teams that are not willing to pay Orlando Brown to protect their full-time quarterback. That's an MVP quarterback, like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying they're the both quarterback, but they're both MVP quarterbacks. They're both very big focus points in their franchise. And both franchises have let that guy go. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what he's expecting to get in the market, but it's not going to be Trent Williams money. It's not going to be Lel Collins money. And it's not going to be Bakhtiari money. And he still thinks he's getting that money. With, well, he's oh, gonna, we're going to find out, right? I mean, the chiefs clearly aren't doing it, nor should they, but no. that's part of this, this, uh, I think, scenario the Chiefs have put themselves in intentionally is a real deadline of Monday or so. Yeah. And go ahead. You can talk to other teams. Let's find out. Maybe we're way off. Maybe you really can go get that money. My guess is he is going to get more than what the sure. Chiefs were willing to offer him. We'll talk more about Brown because a former agent, yeah. uh, Joel Corey, just put out his projection. We'll get to that in the noon hour today. What okay. he thinks he can get on the open market. Uh, this is Cody and Gold. Alex Gold. Nick Schwartz. Dusty Likens is in for Cody Tap today. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, head coach of the Cleveland Browns. I thought what he said yesterday might be one of my favorite things I've heard a coach say because he was on part of my take podcast <laughs> and he was talking about something that I think we uh, we're all around the same age on this show. We all have played Madden before mm-hmm. and there are times where you'll watch an NFL game and a coaching decision and be like, man, like that's just stuff we kind of just knew and learned playing Madden as silly as that might sound. And now we got an NFL head coach that agrees. This is Kevin Stefanski talking about Madden and maybe helping with clock management. Honestly, so I grew up playing Madden. Um, 
I really believe our generation is maybe a little bit better at game management because we've done that, because we know when you're down 10, you got, hey, we're going to kick the field goal now, and then I'm going to get the onside. I got to get the seven later. Um, I do think all those games, I know it's silly, but I do think that all helps when it comes to game management. I love it. Finally, finally, there's an NFL head coach because people would laugh like, oh, shut up. You, don't, you, you played a video game. You're like, that, there's no way that helps with your thinking. It's not as complicated as some of the, the older coaches in the league have made it. And I do think the younger coaches in the league that grew up playing Madden as well, I do think it helped with some of the basic knowledge. Nobody is saying that the plays that you're picking is actually going to mean that you can coach. But the, the basic clock management stuff, mm. that, that stuff I think is, is very true. And now you have an NFL head coach that admits that it's happening. Kevin Stefanski, he's moving up on the moving up my charts of likable head coaches. Just with that comment right there. Well, and wasn't he the one coaching from his basement? He did. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like, eh. uh, yeah, this is interesting because I think us, uh, what do we get called, millennials? We get yes. we get blamed for this all the time. Go outside and play sports. Don't play video games. Mm-hmm. Look at us now, mom. Uh, <laughs> you know, but just to be honest with you, like I know Carrington's talked about this for years, where. You think about situations like when you watch games and you, and the first thing that we would always go to is all right. If anything, I'm running the, you know, the Madden play where the guy goes out, I got a minute left and obviously a minute in Madden is like two hours long. Right. But you know, you think (laughs) about the situation that you're in and when you look at the situation that these coaches are now in, they're very Madden ish situations. You're playing games your whole life. And then you're running that into, you know, well, I'm also into coaching and like, you know, kids played video games, kids get older, that resume will always be there. Older coaches weren't really video game players. So yes, to say that Madden helped is it's funny. It's, it's honest, but it's, it's not the majority. There is some truth, but it's not the the majority of the truth is not, well, I'm a good coach because I played. No, no, but I have Madden to thank for why I got more involved in coaching or why I thought things differently and why my brain works during certain situations during games that maybe somebody's doesn't it's, it's the, it's just the game management stuff. And nobody's saying yeah. that just cause you you can make the third right. down call that, you know, exactly what play to call. And okay. Cause that's not realistic. No, but I know with but, a minute 10 left, I need to get this guy here and out of bounds immediately. And uh, like he, he laid out the scenario where you're down 10, like mm-hmm. and, and old school coach, like, no, we got to get the touchdown now. Like, no, it's actually go ahead, You know, maybe you do kick the field goal and, and then try, and the, try outside. the outside. Kick yeah, for sure. Do you like the XFL rule where you can go for it on fourth and 15? I do. I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago and I, I the Chiefs would never lose if that was the case. So I think you would have to have <laughs> stipulations when they're like, you're not allowed to do that until the second half Okay. and you have to be the trailing team. There'd probably have to be some stipulations. Otherwise what you're saying, Chiefs win the toss. We're going to go ahead and go for it on fourth and 15 I, to start the game. <laughs> but I love it. Instead of having the onside kick, which is happening at a lower rate than ever before, That's terrible. give them a chance to go for fourth and 15 or for whatever it is. And yeah. the team did convert in this XFL game a couple weeks ago. The XFL in general, the ratings are terrible. And they, well, it's we, a bad product. It, it won't it be is. around much longer. It is. A bad Will it product. outlast the live golf tour? No. These, these secondary football leagues last for a year, two years max, and they're gone. So until they get a partnership with the NFL, uh, we talked about the end of the show yesterday yeah. where, you know, you got to have some partnership with the league in order for it to work out. All right, let's get to the trash of the day. Trash of the day. All right, we get to it. Uh, you guys ever, uh, I'm sure you drank it, but were you ever fans of Sunny D, like Sunny Delight? No. Hell yes. Really? See, I, I, I didn't like it. It was way too overpowering. It was fake orange juice. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. It was overpowering. You know, the 90- Hot take, I'd rather have Tang than Sunny D. Oh, really? Dead serious. They both, yeah. 90s, so it was like obviously from the 90s mainly, Sunny D, and they called it Florida Citrus Punch officially, California style or Florida style. It had vitamins in it. It was vitamin enriched. 
Well, they're bringing it back with a seltzer. Sunny D Vodka Seltzer, a new alcoholic drink available this month. I feel like we need to try it as a show. No. It'll come in a pack of four. Signature tangy orange flavor from the drink that you and I just said we didn't like. And then they're going to have other one. Other one. Zero Kansas zero uh, sugar, 95 calories, 4.5 ABV. I'm good. I'll try it. I'm all right. I'll try it. Vodka seltzer? Why not? Now, the orange You're flavor. You're a seltzer guy, though. Well, I can't. When the water, when there's water around, it's high noon season. It's high noon you season. You see they got a tequila now? I did. It's good. Ranch water's good. Too. Had it last weekend. You know what you gotta be careful with is the cut waters. The ranch water, but cut water, ranch water. Yeah. I had the cut water margarita. Had two mm-hmm. of them and I went Casey Wolf. Like the eyes. Oh, I thought you were going uh, the guy that was robbing banks. No, that's the wolf man. Or Somebody wolf. in the text line, very opinionative. F Sunny D. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, daddy. I don't. You know, my buddy once chugged, um, <laughs> this is a true story. Um, you remember those, uh, you know, the funnels that you do uh, beer bongs with? Yeah. He did a half pint of vodka and Sunny D passed out an hour later in the front yard. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I blame Sunny D. You should be able to handle a half a pint of McCormick's vodka. I don't know. I think the Sunny D is what made him sick. I mean, I'll try. I'll try this new. I'm always down to in the summertime to, around a lake or a pool to try the mm. new seltzers. I like this text. All right. I mean, are they going to start bottling mimosas? I'm cool oh. with that if you can keep in the, if you can keep the sparkle. That's, you yeah, give me. You, 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 the, you start, How do you keep the carb like that carbonation? You do like, it like prosecco. Yeah. You know those little prosecco bottles. You do that, but like a mojito or but, uh, but can they but package a mimosa? That, that way? I don't know if they could because orange juice. Someone says they had 10 cut waters on their birthday. They were blacked out. Very dangerous. Dude, guaranteed. I had two and I was Casey Wolf. Yeah, don't have 10 of them. I was ruining the pelvis and my my eyes were going all wild. That's what I call myself when I get to that level. We were officially at Casey Wolf. Like some people have like Terry that they turn into when they get wasted. (laughs) Like the guy across the glass. Uh, Oh, excuse me. I mean, I just, I feel like your nickname is Terry when you get hammered. No, dude. I mean, Terry. I he, drink responsibly. No, you don't. You do. soiled yourself. Well, he wasn't drunk. That's that's. I don't know if that's better. He was or worse. inebriated. He was not drunk when he on Saturday had that issue, right? You weren't. I talked to him. He wasn't drunk when he I had that issue. I wasn't drunk at all. That was just a misfortune. His sphincter must was, have been wasted. It was a little misfortune. No, he didn't have a good judge of where he was at. Well, it was food wasted. It wasn't diarrhea of the mouth. Hmm. You okay over there? Yeah. You making bets? Morikawa's at minus seven, by the way. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm upset about that because. We oh, t- yeah. Hindsight. Hindsight's no. 2020 gold. No, you guys, we, had we a conver- did talk we about did, it. Yeah. We did have a conversation before the show. But he had already teed off because he he's he through, what, 14? Yeah, we had a conversation before. Just the, a show. Before the Collins. show started. And, yeah. and since the show started, Morikawa's been off to a very nice start. So, yeah, that's a little frustrating. Did not, did not make the actual. Somebody says, up. gee, I wonder if they can actually bottle something to make it stay carbonated. LOL. I know there's other examples, but can I they do it with I alcohol? I didn't say it. I didn't say can it. Can they do it with the alcohol? I didn't say it. The 620 said Dusty sounds so hungover. Are you hungover? No, I didn't have any booze at all last night. Okay. There it is. They thought you sounded hungover. Don't lie. I'll be hungover uh, Sunday morning, though. Lee Summit St. Patrick's Day pub crawl, baby. Let's get after it. Well, this is Lee Summit's are you sports person of the year. That's over right. here. Are you a featured no, that's speaker a new year. again? This was, that was oh, last who's year. Who's the new one? I don't know. I don't know if there's ever been back-to-back. Can, can you go back-to-back? Yeah. Uh, if we do, then that... We might Let be go- we might be Lee Summit goat status. I think so. We might be getting closer to that lighting of the mayor's Christmas tree. <laughs> the, you Lee know Summit, I mean? the Lee Summit Christmas tree. Bill Baird, you want me to light that sucker on Christmas? Let's do it, baby. I think you have a, you have a better shot of lighting the Lee Summit Christmas tree than Carrington does of the Crown Center, Kansas City, Missouri Christmas. Oh, tree. Oh, that's never happening for Carrington. Because Carrington's been campaigning for years. 
for I, years. See, that's the difference between me and CDOT is like he goes big. I'm just just start me off small. Let me mm. let me get with Bill Baird. Let me get the cursive tree and flip that switch, Daddy. I'll I'll make Christmas nice. I'll wear a scarf, whatever you want. I'll wear one of your vineyard a vine scarf? quarter zips. Big scarf guy. Huh. Just saying. I've never seen you in a scarf. Yeah, I haven't either. No, oh, well, I'm not up here a lot with you guys during the winter. Right, because it's the middle of football season. You guys are uh, nobody's taking off. Nobody's taking off during football season usually. Trust me, I'll, I'll get these calls in about uh, <laughs> two weeks where it's the dead time. Hey, man. Yeah, June uh, June tenth, Dusty. June tenth through the fifteenth, please. Yeah, I got yeah. I got high noon slushies to go consume <laughs> for about three days. That is the uh, trash of. Are you guys today. mimosa guys? By the way, not really. White really? trash mimosa. What's that? Just beer, light oh. beer, oh. and orange juice. Yeah, not a huge fan of When I was in college, people were putting so. shots of vodka in their beer. Mm. They were calling them vodka beers. Yeah, that sounds gross. Try six, stand up, sorority girls. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll get to the Chiefs Red Half Hour. DeAndre Hopkins, he was on the Pat McAfee Show yesterday, and now there's a chance that this trade could make a lot more sense. We'll tell you about it next. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It is the Chiefs Red Half Hour. Alex Gold, Dusty Likens, Nick Schwartz with you. The Chiefs play already? It's a Chiefs Red Half Hour year-round, baby. That was the initial genesis of the Chiefs Red Half Hour was so when we're not in football season... It turns out football season's every single day. You ever listen you got, to Genesis? What's that? You ever listen to I band not, Genesis? No. I can't dance. Oh, is that them like or is them that or Phil no? Collins solo? No, that's Genesis. Okay. You're saying that because you like them or no? Great band. Oh, okay. Oh, man. I've Nick, never... Next break, maybe we'll get a little Genesis coming back. Who's <laughs> replacement of a lead singer sounds more alike, Genesis or ACDC? Wait, who was the original Genesis lead singer? Peter Gabriel. I didn't replaced know replaced by Phil Collins. I knew I knew I only know about the Phil Collins era. Oh man. Yeah, and then It says there were 3. Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel and Ray Wilson. Okay, I don't know much about Ray Wilson, but we know that Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins are the two head honchos. I mean, I know Peter Gabriel. I didn't know he was the lead singer of Genesis. Oh yeah. Kicked him out. And then he went on to Wait, be they like kicked a, him out? I think so. And then he went on to do like a like better solo career. In your eyes, all those songs, Sledgehammer, which is a Sledgehammer is a Absolute <laughs> banger. Verified <laughs> yeah. banger. I can be your fruitcakes. Oh, man, that oh, video is crazy, too. Games Without Frontiers? Oh, yeah. See? Jump on board, Gold. Come on, Gold. At any point. You got to play it for me. And name I'll one, no, name one Peter Gabriel song. We're not moving on. Salisbury Hill. I that might be, be that actually is Genesis. You, Nick knows this. I don't know why he's asking me. I am the worst when it comes to naming songs. If you play it, I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard that. But I'm terrible at just naming songs. So you're terrible at like music trivia, but like oh, sports yeah. trivia, you're there. Yeah, but uh, I mean, at sports trivia. I'm not like some encyclopedia of sports knowledge necessarily. True. But I would obviously be better at sports trivia than music trivia. To All answer right, your we question, got, we got kickoff, baby. We got tip off, baby. We got Baylor, Iowa State. Let's right, I need the Bears. I Let's do need, go. Baby. I do need the Bears. We are doing our show from a legal betting state. <laughs> yes, so we are. You're damn right. I've got some money on Baylor. Come on, and Scott Iowa Drew. State. I need you to bring that comb over strong today. Oh, Scott yeah. Drew's been fighting that hair, letting go <laughs> harder than 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 
I don't even know what else has been harder fought than than Beheim, than not Beheim, but oh, Scott Beheim. Drew's hairline. Yeah, we'll get to Beheim later if you that want. That guy's a Richard. Finally retiring, thank God. Did he retire? Or was he told yeah, to leave? He's, well, yeah, he waited a decade too late. To, he could have had a much more ceremonious ending. Instead, he decided to. By the way, Nick, there's uh, fans on your side. Uh, it says from the uh, 816, it's okay, Nick. On my 30th birthday at Top Golf, I went with six other people. I sharded my pants. I don't wear underwear, so it was on my pants. I had to drive uh, home to Lee Summit no. with Chipotle napkins stuffed in my pants and on the seats so I would not make a bigger mess. So no. there's there's fam out no. there, baby. That is not see, you, that you is going, not my situation. You're going commando and then, you, oh, no. I'm going commando today because I, I have a liner in these pants that okay. came with, like, built-in underwear. Well, that's actually dangerous because if you ever found You're yourself done. in a similar situation, it's over. You got to throw it's away the pants. And you drive home, drive home pantless? But yeah, but the whole pants are ruined. If you get pulled over pantless driving home, are you, is that like a citation? <sighs> no. If you explain the situation to no. I think. No. Yeah, like You're if in like, the confines of your own like car. Like if Officer McGrady comes up to my window <laughs> and he's like, sir, why are you pantless right now? I'd be like, well, here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> I thought I had one in the chamber. Turns out I didn't. <laughs> well, if you were public, it would be indecent exposure. Correct. Yeah, I don't think that's like, let's say in, the, ask, in the confines of your dust. Hey, you need to exit the vehicle, sir. <laughs> What's crazy is that I what, one thing I do get along with with this texture that says not only do they drive home to Lee Summit, thanks. Uh, the other one too is uh, everybody needs to have um, Chipotle napkins in their car. Yeah, well, I always grab a ton of napkins. Always, when I, go. I, I have, like my yeah. middle console is yes. like winter gloves, uh, <laughs> random pins, and then Chipotle napkins. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's smart. One time I sharted at PL, I just went to the bathroom and threw the underwear in the trash. And then just continued to party, I assume. Well, that's basically what Nick did. All right, I'm done taking no, over this. That's not basically what I did. Well, you, Beagley you... said, Hey, I got sources that say Nick was a quick trip wiping his legs down and ditching the underwear. <laughs> dude. <laughs> that's from Bink to me, dude. Dude, it was a little tiny speck. It was just okay. like a, you a little you know drop. When somebody sneezes and it's just like it's like, uh, oh okay. Thanks a few for water descript- droplets. Real descriptive. Thank you for that. Well, oh yeah, like it's yeah, that's so much worse than the guy who was shoving Chipotle napkins down his pants because he's got mud. He wasn't everywhere. describing the type of crap like. You oh were yeah, just you're worried. right. You're right. My description was more grotesque. It was. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it was. You're being ridiculous. I don't know, man. Can you get control of this show? It is the Chiefs Red Half Hour, man. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you know? Did yeah, you know? The clearest Dusty sign did. that it's the Chiefs Red Half Hour is when we're not talking That's about That's usually Chiefs. what happens. Someone says, turn your shirt into a skirt and drive home with no shirt, full St. Joe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, did you guys hear DeAndre Hopkins yeah. was on the Pat McAfee show? He's a name that's been linked to Kansas City. He doesn't have a, a no trade clause anymore because he got voided uh, because of the PEDs. And this is what DeHop had to say about the trade rumors where Kansas City is one of the potential destinations, at least reportedly. Uh, you know, I, I would love to give you as much information as I can, AJ. But right now, um, you know, we, you know, we just been, you know, keeping our head down. Uh, obviously, paying attention to the headlines and tabloids and stuff like that because you got to. Uh, you know, when you hear some of those trade rumors, uh, you, you would hate to think that you know all of those things are lies. <laughs> uh, you know, so, <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, I've been traded before, and uh, you know heard speculation about it, and I kind of shooed it off, and I was like, nah, the, the Texans would never trade me. And then next thing you know, here I am going to the Cardinals. So, you know, we, we keep we keep close attention to the tabloids, but we don't put anything out in, in the tabloids ourselves. You know, we just, you know, we, we you know DeAndre Hopkins going to do what DeAndre Hopkins is doing. On the- so that was D-Hop yesterday. Third on the, person? Uh, yeah, he was. He was hmm. definitely referencing himself okay. in the third person. <laughs> That's all I um, need to know. And I had not been interested in his – 
uh, getting traded mm-hmm. to Kansas City until Ian Rappaport, after this Pat McAfee interview, said that now that he has an agent, right. he's willing to be flexible on the final two years of his contract. Because before the thought was, oh, he needs two new years and he wants top market value. So then you're talking, Dusty, 27, 28, 29, 30 right. million dollars. I'm out. No interest in that because it is someone that has missed multiple games in the last calendar year. PEDs, six of them. And then he had a little knee issue come up. And so that was concerning. But now if you're telling me that's only going to take a second round pick and he's flexible on those final two years remaining on his deal, yeah, I'm definitely interested in DeAndre Hopkins services. He's on the wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy that, for the most part in his career, has been consistent. And I'm willing to take what is, understandably so, some risk to go and acquire DeAndre Hopkins when we're talking about this kind of value versus, hey, I got to give up a first-round pick or I got to give him a deal that makes him one of the top five paid wide receivers in football. Mm-hmm. I think in, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I just I like the, the gel that this team has right now. And to clear it out, no, I don't think that DeAndre Hopkins couldn't figure this system out. I don't think that there's any reasonable doubt that says he couldn't. But I think the main focus of this team is to, at least this is my theory, is to why they're clearing cap space is that they want to sign as many people in-house that they can as opposed to out of the house. And let alone trade for them. I think Brett Veach really values his trade knowledge I think that if you bring somebody like DeAndre Hopkins over here you're looking at not the guy that you got in Arizona let alone in Houston I think that's obvious but you're not looking at the guy that's going to have you know 85 90 catches if he plays a full year for 1100 yards if you do the Chiefs are a slam dunk of the Super Bowl I think if you look at what Juju Smith-Schuster produced this last year 930 yards he missed technically two games realistically three Juju Smith-Schuster's a thousand yard receiver hands down um, you have that. You have a younger age uh, in Juju as well. And the thing is, you have the core people that you won the Super Bowl with. Now, if this was last year and DeAndre Hopkins was in this situation, I'm on board because you brought all these guys in last year that molded with Patrick Mahomes. Not saying that DeAndre Hopkins cannot do that. I'm not. I'm not saying that he can't. But in order to run it back, I think Brett Veach and what he's doing is that he's making money to make sure you can sign Chris Jones, which we brought mm-hmm. up earlier that you wait till after the draft and then see where things go, where you can maybe bring back a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. I have a bet with Reggie from Anaheim. He says Juju Smith-Schuster won't get $20 million. I'm like, I think he might. And if he does, then that kind of makes things interesting for the Chiefs as well because if he can get $21, 22000000 million, Brett Veach can be like, well, we're not going to give you that. We'll give you 18 with the promise of probably being back in the playoffs, being a prosperous team in the AFC, and a okay, chance to get another ring. So that's the interesting part. I'm totally yeah. fine with bringing back Juju. I don't think they're going to have both involved. But let, right. me, let, let me tell you, let me just say in this hypothetical that it is north of 20 for Juju. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets to 21, and they're like, Chiefs like, yeah, we're out. Right. Then does your feeling on potentially giving up a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins change? Because then I would ask you, so would you rather sign Alan Lazard at that point? No. Because if Juju's number does inflate, then I think there's even more reason to go and try to explore a D-hop trade. Now, yeah. timing-wise, I don't know. There's a chance maybe DeAndre Hopkins gets traded earlier in the process than, you know, I, I think the Chiefs would really like to sign Juju Smith-Schuster very early on next right. week. And if that happens, then I, I don't I don't need to go trade for D-hop. The only way sure. I mentioned in D-hop is, A, the contract stuff that we discussed is true, mm-hmm. and you know that Juju Smith-Schuster is not part of the equation. But I, I would be very, very happy if DeAndre Hopkins was part of this team. And I... I'm not, I wouldn't be that concerned about bringing someone new into the picture because I think they have shown time and time again when you have 
Kelsey, Mahomes, Andy Reid, a stable locker room, mm-hmm. and, and a guy that's been successful, to say the least, in his career, DeAndre Hopkins or any other guy, that they can they can get them adjusted. You brought up the Texas trip that MVS and these guys took in the past. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, whether it takes another one of those type yeah. of deals, again, I'm not worried about him fitting in with the team. Sure. I'm more worried about the dollar amount uh, that it would take to get it done. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is that Travis Kelsey probably still has what? You'd, if you want to be honest with everybody and yourself, one, maybe two more years of pure dominance at tight end. I would agree uh, with that. With, with Cody says five more years. We always go back and forth on that. I, I mean, I, I think he's got a one to two more years of being uh, at, at least a, a 1,100-plus-yard guy, and then, yeah. then you start to see if he's still playing that he might fall to an eight or 900-yard guy. Yeah, and I think that the people that say, just stop with the idea we can get by just because we have Mahomes, I would ask what happened last year. Um, and Mahomes is still in his youth. You still have those young, like this is the best you're ever going to see Patrick Mahomes ever play in his career, right? Like eventually we can get into it later time, but like when he gets older in his, in his years, the, the rollouts and the improvisation won't be there. The, the, the true step back, just knock you out. Every single game will be there and that'll be really fun. But yes, like I think if you obviously cannot sign Juju because he wants, he's going to get, if you can 22, $21 million on the market, but you can trade for DeAndre Hopkins and make it reasonable, then yes, the, the conversation focuses to a different side of it. But I think right now to run it back, to win back-to-back champions, because they were so close, man. Like this team was so damn close to winning back-to-back titles. They're just offensive line fell apart and it was over. And now you're back to that same thing because really you have almost everybody back on the defense. Now, Frank Clark, obviously there's still a chance you could bring him back. He's just going to go test the free agency and see what he can get. But Chris Jones should be back. Bolton should be back. All those guys are going to be back on the defense. The offensive side, you could pretty much keep it as close to the core that you can because they've come out and said Kadarius Tony's coming back as the number one. If you bring Juju's back, well, he's yeah, the report, Yeah, the report from Palmer is that the Chiefs view Tony as a one. As a one. We'll see if he actually ends Gotta up Got to stay healthy. That, yeah. Big question. And the other thing, too, is that DeAndre Hopkins always been the number one guy. Juju Schuster always been the number two guy. But, yeah, I was going to say. Like, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. He the, knows his role. Oh, that, I mean, look, there's something to be said for knowing that Juju fits this offense. I'm, I'm, I think that's what you're saying, and, I, and we, we saw it play out that way. Juju, I think, for the Chiefs and for himself, Casey's a great fit. I just think it doesn't mean that other guys can't also be a, a great fit as well. We'll see. I think we'll get clarity on this over the next four or five days as free agency, the legal tampering window opens back up, and we'll start to, to find out a little bit more about uh, the finances. What are you looking at over there? Oh, that's a sounder. That That's a siren, Dusty. On this show, That that means a new... Mock draft has just been released. You also probably shouldn't do this in like the tornado months. Well, you know what? <laughs> or the first Wednesday of the month. Today's Thursday. Yeah, we're good. This, is, this, we're good. Yeah, this yeah. is tornado month. Guess what? Every month is mock draft month, especially Every the month day. of March, man. Every day is mock draft day. And we've got a new one courtesy of Charles McDonald okay. of Yahoo Sports. That's guys. the four, four verts guy on Twitter, right? Oh, right. That is correct. That is correct. Yeah, so, the Chiefs taking a receiver or a D end find out let's see at pick 31 Mm. he has the Chiefs selecting out of the university of georgia Mm. cornerback keely ringo a corner that's interesting they traded traded up last year to get mcduffie who looks like he's going to be a stud in this league Mm. and then to dusty's point there then they they turned joshua williams and jalen watson into really important pieces let me ask you guys this let me ask Mm. you guys this we don't know anything about Legereus Sneed and what his long-term future is in Kansas City. Only thing I know is he's still under contract for one more year, yeah. though. 
But we know the Chiefs like to plan ahead. Going to get paid. Right? They like to plan a year out. What if I mm-hmm. told you that they maybe view him as a cap casualty? Like, we're just not going to be able to re-sign this guy to a long-term deal. And okay. there is not enough confidence at this point that Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson mm-hmm. are going to be like parts of your long-term future. If that's the scenario you're looking at, is drafting a cornerback early that far-fetched? Has Veach ever, like, in the well, – I guess McDuffie, but – Yeah, they just, yeah, they just did yeah. it. That, that's the highest draft pick of right. his Normally he finds him, like, in the third, GM. fourth, fifth round. And he took McDuffie last year, and it seems like that was the smart choice because McDuffie looks like he's going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. At least from what I've seen in the minimal time he's been in the NFL. But, man, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I just – I, I, I'm with Binkley. I think this team goes offense in the draft just to have control for years if you if you can nail it. But I'll be honest with you, I don't I do not do mock drafts, well, they, so I don't, they, I don't uh, have a clue. As we've discussed throughout the offseason, there's probably five different positions they can draft, and you can make an argument why it's it, it would be a right decision. That's the flexibility that they have. Mm-hmm. Corner wouldn't be in my top three. Like, if you're asking positional, hey, these are the three positions you want them to draft at pick 31. Mm-hmm. Corner's not the top three, but it's one of the five. I mean, be, based well, off because of it's one of the five yeah. most important positions. No doubt. It isn't, and just there, there is not this year, unlike the past, when we'll get some clarity on the Orlando Browns situation. So maybe the answer becomes offensive line or offensive tackle. But prior to the Orlando Brown Jr. non tag, I would have said that there isn't one clear cut have to get position. If Orlando Brown Jr. is not back and they don't find a replacement at right tackle or left tackle, then suddenly offensive tackle becomes that for me. But right now, like you can make a strong case. Like I have no go draft an edge. I'm fi- go draft an edge again at 31. Go draft an offensive tackle at 31. Go draft a wide receiver at 31. Like I- I'm open to multiple corner after that. Like I'm open to multiple positions at pick 31 for Kansas City. That's the flexibility you get when you hit on 21 to 22 picks the last couple. I, of years. I feel like not knowing the future of Orlando Brown Jr. I feel like. Offensive tackle and edge rusher are sort of in a class by themselves right now in terms of priority. And then maybe that next tier is wide receiver and then another tier is cornerback. Dusty's yeah. pointing at the TV, so I'm guessing something crazy Baylor happened. Baylor just tied it up with Iowa State, 16-all, well, you're very the, early. You have at 16-all? Yeah, it's early. That's why it's not sweating time yet. Looks like the over's hitting in this game. Um, <laughs> but you have a you have a – a channel that you can let people know where they can hear draft coverage, right? You know Seems what, like Dusty, that's opportunity. A, that is a great question. Mm-hmm. People were concerned. Yeah. About you, character. And you've got, character the, you've got the mock master, the what? You know what? So I'm actually, I'm really excited that you're giving me this platform to talk about uh, our podcast with Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero, and myself, Character Concerns, mm-hmm. which you can find wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am very, very excited to announce this because a lot of people have been asking, Gold, you chief among them, when is... He chiefs among those guys? When is the first mock draft from Jay Binkley Yeah, everybody else, Everybody released? else has a mock out. The combine yeah. ended already. I'm waiting, Bink. So I'm excited to announce here on Cody and Gold that the first mock draft mm-hmm. will not just be a Jay Binkley mock it will be a character concerns oh. mock, which will be released Tuesday morning, right as the next episode of Character Concerns is released. So, so not only can not you release, read the mock, so he's not releasing one tomorrow. He's going to be releasing it on Tuesday. So not only can you read the mock, mm. you can hear the mock on our brand new episode of Character so Concerns. So now Bank needs even more time for his mock draft. That's right, but I but I think you're kind of burying the lead there. 
You kick Bink more, off the mock draft. No, you're now. more concerned about the timing of it when the reality is it will be a, a pot, it will be a group mock draft. I know, but that's what I'm stunned with. So is Bink going to is this because after all these years of him telling you not to draft Mahomes and his mocks, not to draft Christian Watson and mocks, <laughs> to draft Deshaun Watson instead and other guys that they realize, hey, it's time for other people to have some say in these mocks, right, Bink? It's going to be tough because I know who Bing's leaning towards. Bing's got a heavy lean right now. How are now. you going to talk him out of anybody is my question for this group mock. I, I have a hard <laughs> time believing I'm going to be able to. So then it's really his mock. Well, there's two of us. You know, if I can get Chris on my side, that's, okay. the, that's the real goal here. Okay. Is if Chris and I can come to an agreement on who we want the Chiefs to take, then maybe we can overpower Bink by majority, even though Bink is a powerful man. Sounds like there's a lot of concerns with character in this thing. Big time concerns. Big character concerns. You do need to get that label, though, as like a sticker, and I'd put that on like my thermos. That you, just oh, character concerns? Oh, I do like logo? that. I like that graphic. Somebody did that. It was really good at it. Hey, thank you, man. You're welcome. For who? I mean, I mean, not. Thank you to whoever did <laughs> oh, it, and thank you okay. for appreciating their work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody says, "Do you guys not believe in Sky Moore?" I brought that up earlier. I think his, I think his, uh, I don't know. I think what so he what does is, production what, what's next, next. Yeah. I don't know. You know I think five hundred yards. No, the real question yeah. is, did you see enough from him last year to have any sort of real sense of who he's going to be in no. this league? Nope. Nope. I thought he was going to be 550 his rookie season. I think now in year two, I'll stick with like 500 well, yards. It'd be one thing if they, a, yeah. it'd be one thing if they played him a bunch and he didn't produce, but he hardly played. So the fact that he hardly played, it's like, what am I, what am I drawing this decision off of? And one thing that's to be known in Andy Reid's system with rookies is that they take time to adapt to it. Right. That's like kind of always been like the Andy Reid thing. Like guys coming to the offense and, Again, I'm, I, I want to make sure that everybody knows this. I am not, compa- I'm, I'm not comparing Sky Moore to Tyree Kill, <laughs> but Tyree Kill's first year in the league, he wasn't the greatest route runner. He had blazing speed, and he was a much better, obviously, punt returner. Sky Moore never did it in college, but he was a punt returner, kick returner, and then he developed like the offense. He learned the, the, the way the offense was ran. He learned how to run routes. It happens in Andy Reid's offense. Jerry Macklin, kind of the same route. I, I, all these guys that are rookies – they get a smidgen of the playbook, and then it's like, okay, now that you know how this is, let's let's develop I, this. And I'm not saying that Sky Moore is going to come out here next year and have a 1,000-yard no, 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 receiving. I know, I know you're not. But, but I, I think I, he's going to have substantially a lot bigger of a role. They trust him enough to give him a play in the Super Bowl. That's so, the I thing. Mean. Is like, what, but what does that lead to production-wise? Because you're right. that he's, you're not. I know you're not comparing him directly to Tyree right. Kill, but, the, I mean, there's a big difference between just having 150 yards a rookie year and bumping up to mm-hmm. 500 and 150 sure. bumping to 700. Like, Tyree Kill did have... I had I could I forgot what the number this was more than I even remember he had like eight hundred something yards total his offense year. his rookie year okay. and then he turned into a twelve hundred yard guy year two so Skymore can he go from one seventy five well I don't even remember the exact number but something like that it's pretty yeah. low to seven I I think that might be too steep but I don't see like to me Sky is not going to yeah. have the opportunity even guys when Kadarius Tony's still around uh, Tony's the guy to me that takes the and you the all think lead. Cole's gone. Yeah, I, I, you think they still sign him? Because I think I, I the think, dollar just, amount's too high. Again, like that market is so saturated with high-priced receivers that if McColl is going to get like that big, like what the Chiefs are going to well into overpick. Because I think the Chiefs have like momentum in their court. Like McColl showed signs. I like, get a game with three touchdowns last year, and you're like, okay, is this what he is? He's the jet sweep guy. He's the behind the line of scrimmage, quick out pass that you can trust. You know, for most of the year, and then the, obviously the the abdomen hernia uh, injury, whatever that was. Uh, cost him to miss basically the rest of the season. But 
man, you take away McCole Hardman, you, you're adding more footballs in the direction of Sky Moore. Uh, Kadarius Tony and his health, that's a question of, of concern. Yeah, if you want to talk about that, time. there's more targets on his side of the field. And, and another year in this offense with this team also really could amp up Sky Moore. Plus, you're going to see him want to be hungry too. Like, Everybody wants that that piece of the pie that is, and he got one in the Super Bowl with a touchdown. But man, I he he screams like he should be really really successful in an Andy Reid offense, just the way that he can be elusive and the way that Andy Reid can design things for guys his size. But yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see a huge step up from Sky Moore. I mean, I I enjoy watching him as a receiver because of how he can run with the ball in the slot, almost like a running back with the size he has from the lower body. But again. A lot of this all depends on moves that we've yet to see happen. What's happening going to happen with Juju? What's the market for McCole Hardman? And and then after that, then you can start wrapping this whole half hour up with, then where do you lean towards the other? Because you think the Chiefs are the only team. Man, you got the Bears sure. that are interested. You got the Ravens that are interested. And and the Ravens don't even know who's playing quarterback for them next year. So there's there's still some moves. But hypothetically, you know, if you're asking me to wrap this whole red half hour up, keep Juju Keep the core as close as possible as you came from last year, and let's just see where it goes. That is the Chiefs' red half hour. Coming up next, we'll get to what's trending, and a former agent put out what he now thinks Orlando Brown Jr.'s contract, whether it's with Kansas City or somewhere else, would look like. We'll tell you what it is next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.